Welcome to the Lord's house this morning. We're glad that you are here. We want to give thanks to the Lord. His grace has brought us to another Lord's Day, and we can be thankful to Him for that. Let's stand, please, as we sing, He Leadeth Me, number 497. Amen. That was good singing and a good way to start our time before the Lord in our worship service today. Let's be settled and still now before Him as we come to pray and just commit every detail of our service to Him. Father, we rejoice today that we are found once more in the house of prayer and praise and of the preaching of the unsearchable riches of Christ. Lord, for the grace that we have been given to be able to gather and assemble freely those of like precious faith. And Lord, we open our hearts today and pray that we will worship with undivided attention. And O oh God, you would set away from us every distracting thought, everything that would rob us of either the joy, the blessing, the instruction, 
and, yes, Lord, the necessary correction that we would not be diverted from hearing the speaking voice of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, revealing more of our Lord Jesus to us. Father, we give thanks today that we are here. Thanks today for everyone able to join us online through the technology given to us. Dear Father, bless the multiplication of the Word of God that goes out over the airwaves, that is communicated, Father, one by one as we talk to our neighbors or family or people we meet at work, wherever the case may be. Let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Lord, this is our desire, and we would extend that a little further and say, Father, make us all soul winners for Jesus. Help us to glorify Christ by the very life that we live. Dear Father, we are thankful today for what you've given to us in all that we see around the very complex and the grounds and the school buildings, the church building, all of these things, Lord, we acknowledge today this is not our doing, but this is a result of your kind providence and the gracious way that you have moved upon us, Lord. You have placed us as stewards in the work of God. And we want to be careful. We want to be guided, Lord, directed by the Spirit in every decision that we make. In every time there's something that has to be done, we pray that the elders and the deacons would be given great wisdom and understanding in all of these matters so that nothing would be done that would take away from or injure the cause of Christ, the testimony that we have in our community, always, Lord, it will be lifting up our hands and our hearts and our lives to the glory of our Lord Jesus. Father, remember today, we pray, those that are set aside in sickness or recovering. We pray for our sister Isabel. She is in recovery now from her surgery Bless her, Lord, abundantly. Be very, very close to her. Cause the bones to knit and heal quickly. We pray for our brother Ted. We're thankful that he's with us here today in the service. We ask, Lord, you would pour out your blessing and spirit upon him as well. Remember, we ask, Father, for those that have come very near and are near the place of death. Remember Mrs. Hamilton. We pray for Brother John Bodner. Remember, Lord, those that are set aside, either shut in from our, in our congregation because of their age or infirmities. We pray for Mrs. Nichols today that you would bless her. Remember Joan McKercher overseas. Keep your hand on her in health and strength. And we know, Lord, there are many others that need a touch from your gracious hand. And, Lord, we pray as we're commanded, praying one for another, bearing the burdens one of another. We want to do that, Lord, openly and honestly, and we just pray that you would make use of us and bring to our minds those people, our brothers and sisters, that need to be prayed for, and that we'll be diligent in this matter. Father, we're very thankful for the great time of fellowship we enjoyed yesterday evening and we pray that those that were new to the church that visited and others that have perhaps come back again, they would be blessed in the Lord. Thankful for our brother Brian Lambaga with us today. And Lord, we commit him and his family into your hands that you would put your hand upon them and bless them and speed the whole immigration process. To that end, remember the Delina family as well and hold up each one of them before your providence and purpose, and that, Lord, you would speed the process according to your all-wise counsel and wisdom. Dear Father, we rejoice today that we are found before the Word of God, 
in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit enabling, helping us, empowering us to sing and to pray and to read the Scripture. And Lord, that we will draw much blessing and benefit from the Word of God. So Lord, hear our prayer today and bless us now. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We're going to sing Psalm 23. Uh, B selection now, Psalm 23. You'll find those at the back of our book and, of course, the words on the screen behind me. Let's stand again as we worship. What rejoicing to know that, as David in the psalmist said, he looked forward to that time of being with the Lord in his house forevermore. And what would he be doing? He will be praising his Lord and Savior, praising the Master, giving thanks for all mercies and graces and gifts. And that is our hope and joy as well. Please turn in your Bibles now to the book of 1 Peter. We're going to read this for our Congregational reading, 1 Peter. <clears throat> Chapter 4.
<clears throat> for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick, the alive, and the dead. For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity, love, among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part He is evil spoken of, but on your part He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall be the end? The end be of them that obey not the gospel of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. May the Lord bless His precious Word to your hearts this morning and encourage you by that. Welcome to the Lord's house today. We're very happy to see you here, happy that you're here. And if you're with us for the first time visiting, well, you're very welcome. And maybe you've returned again very happy to have you this morning with us. Great to see our brother Brian Lambega back with us. He's been living out in Newfoundland for the last number of years where his job relocated him. We're very happy that our brother is here. Do continue to remember to pray for him and his family. The Lord would bless them and encourage them in the gospel. It's great to see our brother Ted with us this morning in the service. We have been praying, Ted, much for you and also for your dear wife, Isabel, that the Lord's hand would be upon her, that she would have speedy recovery from her hip surgery, and that she's in 
rehabilitation now and just asking for the Lord to speed that process up as much as possible. We're very, very thankful that, uh, Ted, you're with us today in the service this morning. A word of congratulations to Pastor Andrew Simpson and his wife, Naomi. Uh, He is the pastor in our Prince George congregation in British Columbia. Uh, Naomi gave birth to their baby girl just on June the 29th. Uh, Mary Grace is her name. And uh, so all are well with mom and baby, and we rejoice with the family at this time. Remember, please, Mrs. Hamilton, June Hamilton, in your prayers. She's the wife of Reverend Stephen Hamilton from Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. She is coming very near the time of her death now. She's been fading the last number of weeks, and we were praying much for the family, and do pray that God will give them much grace now in this time when they have this need, and pray for Brother Stephen as well. And also, please, don't forget Reverend John Bodner in your prayers, and his wife Dorothy, as John is also coming near the time of his departure. We had a very good day yesterday and last evening for our Canada Day barbecue. And if you were here, well, you enjoyed that time of food and fellowship and fun, and we really want to say a word of appreciation to all those who took part in preparing the food getting them, and the guys who were cooking them on the barbecue, and Brother McAnally, who prepared all the fireworks at the end. I think it was one of the best ones we've ever had, certainly, and uh, it was an encouraging time of just fellowship and meeting people and a casual time to be together, and it was very, very refreshing. So we are thankful for that, and we want to encourage everyone uh, to remember uh, these times before the Lord. Our services today, 5.50 will be our prayer time before the evening service, and then 6.30, our evening time of worship and of fellowship. And do remember that, please, before the Lord. And as you can see, our communion table is set, and after the morning service, we'll be meeting immediately after this to be around the table of the Lord. And if you are born again of God's Spirit, if you know Christ as your Savior, then you are very welcome to participate and to join us around the table. If you're not a believer, you're welcome to remain, but we ask you not to take the bread or the juice as it's passed around, because the Lord's command is, it is for His people to remember the sacrifice of Christ, and we want to do that faithfully today. Wednesday evening will be our Bible study and prayer time And Brother Siman, Daniel Siman, will be taking that meeting on Wednesday evening. And then next Lord's Day, our service is 11 and 6.30. Our Sunday school teachers uh, will be taking a break for the summertime, so there'll be no Sunday school classes, but there will be a couple of times through the summer uh, special messages for the boys and girls. We're going to sing again to the Lord's praise And this is a, well, sometimes we sing it in Sunday school, but it's a very good hymn, I Will Follow Thee, Lord Jesus. Let's stand, please, and sing to the Lord's praise.
Would you turn, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 21? The Gospel of John, chapter 21. reading from verse 18. Jesus is speaking, Verily, verily I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walked whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death Peter he should glorify God. When he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, Seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Let's bow, please, before the Lord now in prayer. Father, we pray today that as the Word is now open, that our hearts would be joyfully and willingly and without distraction open to receive the teaching, the correction, the direction that we are to go, and that, Lord, You would write upon our hearts every single word. Bless us now. We ask that any who are unsaved in our church, listening online, that you would work in their hearts, Lord, today. And for every one of us who claim the name of Christ, that we would walk faithfully, that we would understand, Lord, the grace of surrendering all to Christ. Hear our prayer, and bless us now, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. This final chapter of John's Gospel, as you read through it, it has a a rather conversational tone. It touches the heart, and it really shows us to some degree the humanness of Christ in His Word and in His action, but we're also given the divine nature of the Lord because as He is speaking here to Peter, He told him about His life in the past, and He also told him how He was going to die in the future, what ministry He would have. Christ showed Peter the moment-by-moment steps of His journey and how that journey would abruptly come to an end. Though Peter's love was often imperfect, sometimes unstable and weak, just like the rest of us, our Lord Jesus purified that love of His servant through the filter of His own love and merit and His perfect righteousness. This is what the Lord Jesus did for Peter, and it's what He does for all of us as well. We have the offerings that we give to the Lord by our worship and our praise and our service 
And all of this is filtered through the merit of our Lord. Now, at the close of the conversation between Jesus and Peter, and the rest of the disciples there with their ears turned and listening and hearing, the Lord did not rebuke Peter or correct him or make any comment about how Peter responded to the question, Peter, do you love me? And even the different words that Jesus used and the response that Peter gave, he would have been very much astute to all those words and what they meant. But at the end, the Lord Jesus simply said to him, follow me. It was a very short, clear, concise command and directive. It wasn't complicated. Oh, now Peter may not have known all that would have meant, and every turn or twist or new development in his life, he wouldn't have known that. But it was very simple and clear. Peter, I, I want you to follow me. Well, no sooner had the Lord spoken that word, but Peter turned and he saw John, his friend, also following. And he inquired about his future work. What was John going to do? Where would John go? How would this man serve? In what way would he die? All of those things undoubtedly were buzzing through the mind of Peter. Some would think that Peter was concerned with the well-being of John because they indeed were friends and they'd known each other for many, many years. And while there may be some element of truth in that, the very fact of the Lord's response to Peter tells us that there was a mild rebuke to his servant. Be careful, the Lord is saying to Peter, don't be distracted by what other people are doing or how they are directed by the Holy Spirit. Be sure that you know what is required of you and do it and mind your own business. And so, the title for this word today, as we study through it, is this, Follow Christ Intentionally and Mind Your Business. This would be good, a good word for us all to think about. Interesting, it was the final word that is recorded by John in this epistle the final word that Jesus said to His servant Peter, and of course, by extension to all of us as well, the other disciples hearing. I want us to think today about this word as we study it in our services and see how it applies to all of us. It's a very simple word, isn't it? But friends, is it so simple to see it applied to our life? Is it so simple for us to obey it? Is it so simple for us to see our life mapped out by such a clear command? Follow me. Well, I pray the Lord would help us to see and learn some things from that today. First thought is this. Well, we are called to follow Christ with undivided attention. With undivided attention. Well, Peter's nature was still in need of some improvement of sanctifying grace, like all of us, and the lesson that he had to learn was maybe not so quick to blurt out the first thing that came into his mind, that he had not taken time to think and to be careful about that. It was right on the heels of the Lord's very precise questioning about Peter's love, using the different words that Peter knew well, and he was touching the nerve of Peter's devotion. When Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? 
Peter said, well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he asked him again and again. By the third time, we know as we thought about this, the Lord was now penetrating the nerve of his devotion. And it was making Peter begin to question, well, Lord, you, you don't think I love you? And all of that that was going on in his mind, and at the end of it, Jesus simply said to him, Peter, follow me. But then, right on the heels of it, what does Peter do? He jumps into the business of another disciple. It was not his own business. Does the context of this not show us that there was more than just some innocent concern about the well-being of his friend? I wonder if in the mind of Peter there was a tinge of jealousy. A tinge of jealousy because it's repeated over that John was the one who was resting very close to the Savior at different times that they were together. He, he actually put his head right upon the breast of the Lord, and he could hear the heartbeat of Christ. John was the one who felt was most able to ask the question, because Peter said, John, ask the Lord, who is going to deceive you? And so John was the one who asked Christ, he seemed to have a bit of an inner circle with the Lord that the other disciples didn't, and maybe Peter didn't. You know, friends, it's very easy for us to look at what is going on in another believer's life and maybe what kind of relationship they seem to have with God, and instead of rejoicing with them, we might think, huh, why not me? How come them? Why is the Lord not loving me? Does He not care as much for me? And we don't know exactly if this was going on in Peter's head, but if it was me there, it would have been going on in my head, and maybe in some of yours as well, because that's the way we are, we are too often drawn to think about these things. A tinge of jealousy. Peter, he had messed up a few times but we're not recorded that John really messed up. And certainly, the Lord Jesus never said to John, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you savor not the things that belong of God, which Jesus did say to Peter. And all of these things may have been boiling over in Peter's mind as well. But whatever it was, it was a distraction from what Jesus had just told him. He was not listening. At least he was not listening well. And he was in danger of having a divided mind, paying close attention, not paying close enough attention to what the Lord had just told him for the direction of his own life. Follow me intentionally, Peter, and mind your business. Some of us are, are rather slow to keep quiet. We're slow to observe and to learn. Oh, you've all heard that old saying to think twice and speak once. That's a very good, that's a very good piece of advice. How many times have we spoken suddenly and then as soon as a thing's out of our mouth, we wish, oh, wish I had never said that. But it's too late. You know, what we've already spoken it. It may have been something someone has heard that we've insulted, we've offended, we've said something. Why did I say that? It's good advice for us to be careful to think twice and speak once so that we are not caught off guard. I, I know of a person who is actually in this church building today, but I'm not going to name them, but they said to a lady they met once who was rather large, when is your baby due? And the lady said, I'm not expecting. And that was a very awkward moment. And as much as you try to grind the gears and put it in reverse and back out of that, you can't do it. It's already been said. And sometimes we wish, oh, Lord, 
I wish I'd never said that thing. My dad used to always say this to me, and I remember it. He said, it is better to keep your mouth shut and be mistaken for an idiot than to open your mouth and leave no doubt about it. And so that's a good adage. I've thought about that many times, and perhaps not enough times, but I have thought about that. And it's good for us to take heed to these things. You see, friends, when our attention to Christ is divided, we lose focus. We lose focus on our priority, namely of following the Lord with undivided attention. And the priority of following Christ and of keeping that as our center thought, it's necessary for us to stay on track. Because if not, we're going to be easily taken aside and wandering off into other people's business. We know the account of Mary and Martha. We've heard it many times. But the fact that Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet and Martha was concerned because my sister, is she trying to be super spiritual or something? Like, does she not see there's needs here? We have to serve these people. And the Lord turned to Martha and had to say, you're cumbered. You are burdened about many things, but one thing is needful. And the one thing is needful is not to be divided or distracted from following Christ and serving Him with all of our devotion, with all of our heart, with our whole life. Friends, many have gone off track by the devil's diversion. He has many tactics And he has been at it for many years. Some seem to have never recovered, while others carry regrets of time wasted, of energy wasted and lost. Let us take this lesson to our hearts today, and let's be aware of the subtle distractions that the devil can do and bring to us Because each time we succumb to that temptation, we are set back. We are restrained from following the Lord as we should. And we are going to lose time. And we're going to lose ground. And we don't want to lose any of that because our life is too short. And we need to be about the Master's business. So, following Christ, we are to have an undivided attention. We think also that we are to follow our Savior without question. Without question. Questions are good in their place. And there are times when we need to have answers. We need information about where we're going and how we're going to get there. We need to know what we're doing, what we have done wrong, if we're going to correct it and we want to not make the same mistake a second time. How many times have you phoned someone? Wrong number. You must have the wrong number. And I have said before, just hang on a minute. Let me just make sure the number I'm calling, I don't want to hang up and then call the same number back again and annoy the person. They'll think you're trying to get at them. So you take a moment, you find out what you've done wrong, and you don't make the same mistake a second time. But often, friends, we know our questions are not so much for information as they are to express doubt that the instructions are right or to show distrust in the one who is giving the instruction. In this case, the Lord's Word, Christ Himself. And we want to be very sure that in our Christian following, in our life, that when the Lord gives us a command from His Word, We do not want to be always putting the big question mark over what the Lord commands us to do. We want to rather accept that. And if we are needing light and direction, if we're needing some more help, then you bring that matter to the Lord and say, Father, I I don't quite get this. I don't quite understand what I'm to do, where I'm to go. But be sure that your questions are genuine and they're not questions of how come I have to do that. That's a totally different thing. Sometimes our questions will intrude into areas that are 
Well, frankly, none of our business. We may think we have a right to know, but we don't have. Or maybe we have just crossed the line of our own reasonable amount of information to help us. The Lord knows very, very easily and quickly the difference between the two. And we have to be very sure that we are going to be honest with our own self and to know that distinction as well. Now, Peter's question about John's future appeared to be more than just for John's welfare. Peter needed to be attentive, the Lord said, to his own work. And he he needed to be careful he wasn't being nosy into someone else's matters. That was not his doing. And I say to you, this lesson that Jesus spoke to Peter, it was well learned. Because we read in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, and this is what he said, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or an evildoer, or as a busy body in other men's matters. And as Peter was relaying that through the Spirit of God in his own epistle, well, he had been told just that very thing from the Lord. Sometimes questions are asked just to get the juicy info of what's going on in someone else's business. What scandal? What family unrest? What wayward child or a host of other gossip-worthy things? Be careful, friends. Be careful that you're not trying to cloak your question in just a way to get information that is not your business, but it belongs to the individual or to the Lord. Beware of the trap that is set starting down that road. And how does it go? Well, it goes like this. You might be in a small group, and there's a person that is not in that particular group, and it can start very simply by dissing that person's behavior or character, maybe by asking a question. Know this, that the Lord gives very strong command about gossiping, very strong command about sharing information that is not our business and not to be spread around to someone else. We are to follow the Lord without question and without asking questions that are not and none of our affair. Why is that person doing that? How come they seem to have an advantage? They got to do that job and I wasn't asked to do it. And on and on the questions might go. Be careful about that, friends. What God intends for each of us and His business with us, we must be careful about that. We must be careful that we don't ask about someone else's affairs because of jealousies that might be from us. Let's put them down very quickly. As soon as that thought comes into our mind, let us commit that to the Lord and say, no, Father, I I don't want to go down that road. Ministers are very much a part of that situation, you know, and we were admonished in uh, our theological training and among brethren as we gather for prayer and in business meetings. It's important for us not to have ministerial jealousies. How can that happen? What does that look like? Well, very simple. It's easy to look at another man's ministry and see and ask, how come they have more people in their church than I have in my church? How come there seems to be blessing going on there? How come souls are being saved there? How come there's lots of activity and things going on, but in, in my church, numbers are small. People aren't coming out to the evening service. We're not seeing souls saved. And we're not seeing as many ministries and activities going on. And yeah, the devil loves to expose those things and those jealousies can rise to the surface. Why, that minister gets invited to preach other places and I don't get invited. And on and on and stuff like that. We have to be very careful 
The devil just loves to sow those seeds and to plant them. And if we allow them to take root, it will start to really annoy and jealousies will rise up and bitternesses. Well, if it happens here in the pulpit, it can happen in the congregation as well. We all need to pray the Lord will keep us and we will be on guard. These questions, most of them that come, they will distract us from our calling. They'll distract us from the work. They'll distract you from serving God the way He's called you to do. They will set us aside with bitter thoughts and petty jealousies, simply feeling sorry for ourselves, maybe. Well, the truth is we are speaking against the Lord's purpose and His grace as He has chosen to bless us in certain areas and maybe we have been a little restrained in a different area. Maybe something where the Lord has given to us and He hasn't given to someone else or maybe vice versa. Let's be careful, friends, that we do not intrude into areas that are not our business or concern. Now, if such questions that we ask, if they lead us to some deep inner reflection on our own walk with Christ, if those questions are going to say, Lord, would you search my heart and would you expose any area where you're not happy? Would you please reveal to me anything that is not glorifying to your name? Those are good questions. And don't stop asking those ones. And say, Lord, I want to be your servant. I want to be faithful. I don't want to have anything that's going to disrupt that. It's therefore good to keep those inquiries in the right place. But in the other, let's follow the Lord without questioning about another person's business unless that question leads us to pray for our brother or sister, praying that God would pour out His blessing on their lives and prosper them even further from where we can see the evidence of the prospering being upon them. To rejoice with those that rejoice, to grieve and mourn with those that are mourning. Pray that God would increase and encourage others. It's an easy thing for us to be distracted and diverted from following Christ. I think sometimes we're a bit like a butterfly, and you've observed how it just seems to flit from one flower to another one. And as the strong wind comes, the wind carries the butterfly away as it's going in another direction. Well, let's not have that spirit. Let's not be like that. Satan is the very master of deception, and he is always busy. You know, then, you've heard that the hand is quicker than the eye. And so perhaps you've seen that little trick where you have three cups on the table, and they put a small object underneath one of the cups and you see where it is when it starts. And then the person who's moving their hands very quickly, moving those cups around, and then you're sure, oh, it's under this one. And you point to it, lift the cup, there's nothing under there. The hand is quicker than the eye. You think for sure, I've got this. No, you don't have it. And you have to be very careful. For the devil is always trying to deceive us to be sure that we know where the truth is, we know the answer to this question. We want to be careful that we don't be distracted by the devil's deceptive work in our lives. Ah, oh, friends, we have a lot of work to do in our own backyards. And though someone else's backyard may look better with greener grass and nicer flowers and the trees blooming, let's be mindful of the areas that God has called us to labor in and to work in, and that we will be faithful, sticking very close to His Word, because when we follow the Lord faithfully, with an undivided attention, and without these unnecessary questions, 
three things will happen. We will keep to His Word. We will stay focused upon the Scriptures, the rule and the faith of our Christian life and behavior. We will keep to the Word of God. And so when Jesus says the word, follow me, we're going to say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be submissive to your word. I do not want to go astray. Lord, keep me anchored to the Scriptures of truth and let the Word of God be authoritative in my life. It's not up for our opinion. It's not up to say, for us to say, well, yes, Lord, I see this in your Word, but I think I have the right to go over in this direction. No, friends, let us be very, very soft and receptive to God's truth in our hearts. Because as we keep His Word close to us, we are going to be obeying Him and following Him. We're going to be submitting ourselves to the mind of the Spirit. It's good for us then to also understand that we will mind our business. You know, when we speak about minding our business and not the business of a brother or sister, this is not something that leads to carelessness or leads to ignoring the needs of others. You know what I'm talking about here. This is not someone saying, well, it's not my, I'm not my brother's keeper. I don't care what that person does. No, that's not the Spirit of the Lord here in this. And when someone has a need or a problem, we are therefore to respond carefully to that. And we are to do what we can to help. But there's a balance here, and it's a fine one at times, because we can be so deceived by asking some of those questions, and really we just want to get the information as well as maybe help. Let's be sure that our motivation is pure before the Lord. And with an open heart and with the Spirit of God directing us, we're going to keep to His Word, the authority of Scripture over us, and we're going to be minding the business that the Spirit has relayed to us about what we are to do. And this involves not micromanaging everybody else's life. We, we are not to mother over everyone else. We are to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is powerful and able, and Christ can deal with the heart of that person much better than I can. And so, if we see a concern, a problem, maybe an alarm, let's go to the Lord first of all in prayer and pray, Lord, would you help my brother, help my sister, help these people? Because also, friends, if we follow the Lord with undivided attention and without any question, we will fulfill our life purpose. We will do as God has commanded us to do. And if at the end of our days and our time we come to stand before God and the Lord says to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have done my will for your life. That's, that's all we need. That's, that is everything we need. Friend, let us make that quest and that desire in our heart to come before Him because it is the Holy Spirit who will give us the grace and the power to be able to live for Him. Now, friend, you might be here today and you're not a believer. You don't know Christ as your own Savior. Well, you can't follow Him until first you know Him as your Lord. And so I say to you, turn your heart to Christ. Come and repent of your sin and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Make me one of your children. And as you pray that prayer, as you confess your sin in your heart, where you're seated, at your home, where in your front of your computer, wherever you are today, you call on the Lord. He will hear your prayer and He will forgive your sin and He will bring you into a living relationship with the Son of God Himself and you will know joy and peace in believing 
more than you have ever known before. Friend, come to Christ today. Believe in Him, and you will know and be able to follow the Lord Jesus and know your life purpose is being fulfilled. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, we pray today that as we have all been down this road of making many mistakes, keep us, we pray, from grieving the Spirit in any of these matters. Help us to follow our Savior with all heart, soul, mind, and strength, with all of our intention. Let us be careful to take care of things that are in the orbit that we have been given to take care of in our own lives. And Lord, not to intrude into areas that do not belong to us. Dear Father, give us great discernment, we pray, great wisdom, and help us to cherish one another, help us to build up each other in our most holy faith. And Lord, we pray that today You would save some soul. Bless us now, We ask in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a hymn in closing. Courage, brother, do not stumble. It's to the tune of what a friend we have in Jesus, so you will know it well. If you're not remaining for our time of communion, please feel free to leave any time during the singing of the hymn or at the conclusion of it. Let's stand pleased to sing.